You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Clan of Three, a Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to the TV show The Mandalorian. Uh, I am your host, Kurt Smith, also known as Edinar. Uh, I'm joined tonight, as always, uh, by Corey Treadway, also known as Kurabara. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Ready to get back to talking about The Mandalorian, and I am getting so hyped for season two. It's almost here. Oh, God, it's going to be great. Um, and then we also have with us, as always, uh, is Death Squad. How are you doing, Death Squad? I'm doing good. I just watched the trailer for season two again, and now I'm extra hyped. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did watch the second one. They released a second trailer f- like four days ago, but it, it didn't give a whole... It had a few new clips, but nothing crazy. Uh, but it was still awesome, nonetheless. So... But we would like to welcome any first-time listeners to the show, which most of you probably are first-time listeners, uh, <laughs> because this is our second episode. Uh, if actually, like actually, come- this is our third episode. This is episode okay, three. our third episode. Our first episode was an intro to meeting us. So... Uh, but if you'd like to become part of the Clan of Three community, please join us at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Uh, we can meet the hosts and talk Mandalorian and all things Star Wars. Uh, we also want to give a special shout out to Nick, or we know him, Wookie BH, who has been doing those awesome quick snippets about the plots to each episode that you hear plugged in so we don't have to waste a lot of time going over the plots. It also stops so us from it. interrupting each other because that happens all the time. We're like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Yep, you get the whole plot before we start doing our thing. So, um, let's let's get right in. We got three episodes to do today. Uh, we got episode six, seven, eight, the the last three, and then we're gonna start talking about what we want for for season two and and, and the trailers and and all that fun stuff. So, uh, let's get right in the the first episode, episode six. Let's you know, let's get into it. Chapter six: The Prisoner. The Mandalorian arrives at a space station to take up a mission for his old crew run by Ran Malk. Ran is putting together a team with some old members for a prison break job. The team consists of Mayfeld, a gunslinger, Berg, the muscle, Zero, the droid who will serve as pilot, and Jian, a Twi'lek assassin who is also involved with the Mandalorian at some point. The Mandalorian isn't happy with the arrangement, but they head off on his ship nonetheless. They get to the prison ship and break in. Zero remains behind to monitor the action from the Mandalorian's cockpit. The rest of the group sneaks and fights their way past several guard droids until they get to the control room. There, they find the one human on the ship, and after bickering what to do with him, he issues a distress call and is killed. They now have 20 minutes to find their prisoner and escape before Republic ships destroy the whole prison ship as it is marked by an onboard beacon. They head to the prison cell and the Mandalorian learns they are rescuing Quinn, who is another old member of Rand's crew and Jian's brother. As they free Quinn, everyone turns on the Mandalorian, trapping him in the cell and leaving him to be blown up. Mandalorian uses a guard droid to get out and then stalks his former teammates one by one until just he and Quinn are left. They board the Mandalorian's ship where Zero is stalking the child, but the Mandalorian kills the droid before he can do the child harm. The Mandalorian, the child, and Quinn return to Rand's base. Ran is surprised at who returns, but the Mandalorian gets his cut. 
Mandalorian and Child leave as Ran orders his ship to destroy them as they do. But before that can happen, Republic X-Wings show up. They follow the tracking beacon that the Mandalorian had stolen from the prison ship and are there to destroy whatever vessel is sending the signal. They blow up Rand's station as the Mandalorian escapes with his bounty claimed and the child. Meanwhile, Mayfeld, Berg, and Jan are left imprisoned on the prison ship. Okay. So this is a one where, I, I, I mean, l- let's get the cat out of the bag here. Freaking Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah, oh, Billy Blue Balls himself. I did not see, like, this doesn't see, strike me as something that Bill Burr would be all about. Like, he doesn't seem well, like, a, like, I know he's a big Star Wars fan. No, he's openly mocked the movies and the people before. Mm-hmm. So this is what made it even better to see him. This is not something that he would actually even be in. And I think he did good. Oh, his, his character is perfect for that because he's like a mocking character the entire episode. Oh, he's basically himself. Mm-hmm. Which makes me happy that there's a planet somewhere where there's a bunch of people with Boston accents. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. Welcome to Boston Planet. Or is that where everybody from Boston actually originally came call it, from? It's going to be Southie. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, we get we get the the normal like from the get go, you know that that they're gonna turn on on Mando, oh, like yeah. oh of course maybe not the 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 buddy the friend the guy uh, was it Ran I think was his name uh, that he met up with maybe not him but you knew the rest of the oh, team no, oh, was no. going to. Even him, his first introduction, he's like, oh, I heard the rumors. I know what happened with you in the guild. And it's just like, you really wouldn't say that to someone if you're really going to be that trustworthy. you just be like, big real friend, you kind of keep that under the radar. You're like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm not going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. I, I did laugh. Uh, and, and this is something I'll, they, uh, they also did in episode eight is, man, they really like to poke fun at uh, stormtroopers not being able to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. he's like uh, Bill Burr's character is an ex-imperial sharpshooter, and he's like, and Mando's like, like that means anything? He's like, I wasn't a damn stormtrooper, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, like uh oh, uh, and we see that you know he can actually shoot, mm-hmm. he can actually aim and hit things. Yep, uh, and then you you have the the rough, tough, like you have the strong man, you have the droid, you have the you know the. The titular, like you know, the 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 female character who's a badass or insane and insane and and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of like your typical ragtag type of you you see in all sorts of movies. Yeah, the part I kind of like that actually Mayfield, the character that Bill Burr played, was more like a seemed like like more of a new member actually. Like, oh, he just like he's been promoted to actually a supervisory role, which I guess he probably wasn't as used to in the Imperial role because he seemed mm. to be trying to prove like. He can manage. He can do things. And he was making all the beginning mistakes of management. Mm-hmm. It's it, it was just a, a shit show from the beginning. One thing I thought was funny is uh, when he actually meets, sees the Razor Crest. He compares it to a Kanto slot machine, which, if you remember, that was the the casino planet they were on in the Last Jedi. Yep. Yep. I, I did catch that. And it's it's funny that they basically are like, well, we need your ship because it's old as shit and nobody nobody uh like can uh, you know detect it. 
Like they're not scan. It's kind of like hacking a computer now with a computer from the eighties. That kind of stuff is not, not like, you know, protected against. Yeah, it's not seen anymore. So they're not really like working hard to protect against it. Nobody's like, oh yeah, a Razor class class, or like I forget what actually class of ship it was, but. Mm-hmm. Also, is it kind of asinine for them to have an entire entire like max level security detention center with only one actual person there? Well, it actually was. It's not a maximum security detention center. They, it's a transport. They're, yeah, it's a transport, but it's like it has one person in it, and the rest are droids. I, that just seems irresponsible. Well, I think their thought process was, I guess they're trying to like save on either on labor or something. And they're just like, well, the droids will take care of most, but they're usually pretty good at taking care of most threats. They're like, if anybody's going to bug us here, these guys can take care of it. It shouldn't be that bad. Like, yeah. Well, I also think it was, you know, as you saw with how the that one human ship guy, you know, I think that was their plan because if something goes wrong, he did what he was supposed to. He set off the beacon mm-hmm. and he's going to give his life to stop whatever's happening on that ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, considering the prisons are on there, it didn't really seem like besides the guy they're paid to get, they may not have considered him that big of a, of a deal. He's like, these might be like low priority criminals. Like they've done some shitty stuff, but they're not like ex imperial war criminals or anything else. They're just regular thugs who did shitty stuff. No one should be coming back to these people. They're not worth a lot. So not invest as much security into it, you know? Yeah. The other thing is that got me is that the prisoners weren't making a freaking sound. Like, you know, if you're a prisoner there and you see four people who obviously are not supposed to be there with guns out and are probably like your first thought would be like, yeah, they're doing a break uh, like they're breaking someone out. Like you start like, get me out, get me out. You, you know, they were just silent. Oh, there are little things like that that annoyed me. Unless they thought the droids would take care of them. They had no chance, mm. but you're dealing with the Mandalorian. So, yeah. Like one thing also that was funny was the, uh, when they actually met the Imperial, the, Imperial, the, Re- the Republic soldier, the, the guy there saw that he had a beacon, which if he pressed it, would summon a strike force to come and save him and mm-hmm. stuff. And he's like, hey, like, hold on, hold on. But instead of like properly trying to defuse the situation, get everybody like, like okay, let's, let's not calm down. He starts flipping out at the same time and just starts, tries to shoot him. And like, you, he already says, like, click it. Calm, like, don't wreck it thing. Why are you saying that he has that and then make the situation worse? Yeah. And like you said, he didn't really plan for it to even go that far. So it shows how little he really thought it through. Yeah. Or his inexperience in the position, like he's a, like being the shot call. I guess he was not used to being it. So it's like just not very good at it. Right. I, I, I mean, and then like, so he presses the button, obviously, and then it calls in. and It's like, you have 20 minutes. And then chaos ensues, like what everyone expects. Like, oh, they double cross the Mandalorian. Uh, and then he breaks out of his jail cell and takes them out one by one. Like that is that I could just see coming. As soon as they like double cross, I knew exactly what was gonna happen. Yeah, before they double cross him, they show they saw him take out a bunch of droids. They they had like problems being four on four against these droids. 
Mandalorian just like 1v4s, kills him, and they're all like, Psh, that's it? We could have done that. Like, no, I literally just saw you. You guys sucked at that. Mm-hmm. What are you all not impressed when you were having trouble 4v4 them? He just 1v4'd. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I was just, uh, I will, I will say this. This is probably my least favorite episode. Really? I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was now, granted, I really like There this has one. to be a least favorite episode out of eight episodes. This was probably my least favorite. Just because a lot of the storylines seem to be, it, it just kind of seemed predictable what was going to happen next. You know? And we didn't even mention that uh, Bill Burr dropped Baby Yoda. Oh, he did drop Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. Oh, but that was because of the droid. The, the droid like took a base of maneuvers and everyone no got warning. Th- thrown about baby Yoda. I, in, in the next episode, or no, sorry. In this episode, this is another thing that I had massive problems with. Okay. So where baby Yoda's at, like where he's kept in his little cubby is below deck. And you have to climb up the stairs to get to the, like where you drive. Mm-hmm. How the hell does Baby Yoda get up and down those stairs? The Force. I don't know if he's using the Force to get up those stairs. Maybe he has like a little service elevator. Because like he go- he goes up and down it like so e- like so quickly. I'm like, what? How? I know it's something stupid. It's just it bothered me. Well, he might be just good at jumping and stuff too. Because like looking at like. The only time I've ever seen another of his race do anything was was regular was Yoda, and he could jump really far. Don't know if that was just his force abilities or his race. Couldn't tell you. But even then, Baby Yoda is not the it, no, no. You're not getting me with the the he jumping could, or he could be a frog. And every time he and every time he uses the force, he like passes out. So he can't use the force to get it up because then he just pass out. What's well, if he uses a lot of the force? If it's like a little bit of a ledge, it might not be much use. So, um, you know, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, it was an awesome. I will give it this. It was a pretty cool ending when he goes back, gets paid and calls in and gives like and brought the tracker with him. Oh, even before that stuff happened, like you got to remember, like when he actually gets double crossed, I like the part where they he quickly. Strikes, tries to strangle a droid, rips its arm off, uses that to get out of his cell, and then proceeds to just cut everybody off and one by one takes out each of them. Yeah, and 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 what turns up to be not killing them, but locking them away. Yeah, but also so, you, the one part we've kind of forgot is who they actually came to get. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, the brother of one of the the uh, Zion. Um, I, I I'm horrible with pronouncing Zira, brother I think Keen Zira yeah. and brother Keen, um, uh, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn Quinn we which we know nothing like we don't know anything like no all we know is Mandalorian left him behind at some point yes mm-hmm. at some point and apparently he was good enough for Rand to want to pay to get him back but but he was quickly like that brother is a piece of shit he like no problem turned on all his entire crew. Especially his sister, especially his sister, and then when he re- but he's he's not dumb though. Unlike the other, like, he's 
definitely a smart character because he's like, all right, I can't beat you in a fight, Mandalorian. How about, you know, you, this is a job. I know it's a job. You'll yeah. get your pay if you bring it back. Yeah. So, I, I mean, then we go to the scene where, like, you know, he gets him back, he gets paid, and he brings a tracking beacon with him. And then that calls, he gets paid, gets the F out of there. And then that calls in the X-Wing attack. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome, which was awesome just to see X-Wings. Like, I love X-Wings. Yeah. I love the shot they did where the guy, like, the guy's like, is that X-Wings? And it cuts to, yep. And, uh, and then, uh, like, honestly, I don't know if they would have fired on it if they hadn't have seen the attack ship. Yeah, the gunship. The gunship. I think that's, I think that's why they did. It yeah. Is. So if they hadn't tried to, like, double cross Mando and kill him, by getting this, you know, gunship up and after after the Mando ship, I don't think the X-Wings would have blown it up, but they saw that and then they're like, yep, that's a threat. Yeah, there's one thing I have a question for. Even if they were like they were planning to use a gunship to kill the Mandalorian, it took a ridiculous amount of time for that ship. So like you saw it raising, but it took forever to raise and for it to even get its engines ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time it, that had even left there, by the time the X-Wings were almost there, saw it and shot it. And by then, the Mandalorian has already jumped to light speed. He's already out of there. I'm like, what was your plan? He's gone before you even got it warmed up. Yeah. The the other thing that that I didn't like is I don't like unrealistic timers. Like from when the dude hit the the button, you're on a 20 minute comic. Mm-hmm. They said, so he was able to. Go rescue the the guy. When they when they went to rescue him, they had fifteen minutes left mm-hmm. before they were blown up. So in fifteen minutes, he was able to break out, individually take down each one of them, put them in a jail cell, and then get back on their ship, and then hyperspace to back to Rand's like pad. Mm-hmm. I'm like fifteen. There's no way that could have been done in fifteen minutes. No, no, not, no way. Like, we'll even look at if we look at our timer we're doing right now with our episode, we're almost at 20 minutes in. And man, this is the tax shit's about almost close to us. We're about to die, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they, they stretched out that, that 15 minutes, like, it was longer in the show than 15 minutes. <laughs> so it's just like, I hate, I, and this is not just me ragging on this, uh, this episode. It's, I hate that in all shows. Oh yeah, when I they don't give disagree. you uh, like a timer and it's unrealistic. So, but let's move on to the next episode well, because what we're going on. Question I have is I don't know if like since those characters are all left alive, they're still available to be used in season two. And then Quinn, when he got over there and landed, delivered him to Ram. Ram's like, "Where's everybody else? Oh, they didn't make it. Oh, okay. So this one guy is worth four other people." Well, I guess three other people plus your droid you had there. And I got like, what is he? What does this Quinn guy do? Well, the the plan was is to come back with the four of like the other three or other four and have Mando dead. Yeah. but So they would be able to collect the bounty on the Mando at, this, at the same time rescuing this uh, rescuing Quinn. Okay, I guess that makes sense, but I'm more like, 
I guess they got Quinn back, but we're like, was it worth losing their other guys? Those other four are now in custody. If they're dead, they're now in custody. Yeah. He's lost four people for one. Plus, didn't get the bounty well, now, mean, so bad Would deal. you say anything if uh, you thought he was going to be dead and he shows up with one of them? I'd be like, oh, hey, hey, what's up, buddy? I'd be like, how's it going? I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing him by. Here's your money. I was more like the reaction to his face where he didn't give a shit that people were gone. That's what basically what I mean. I'm like, yeah. I thought it was weird. Guess nobody else does. But oh well. Yeah, let's go to the next one because we got the final two episodes that are basically one giant episode just broken up. So let's go to episode seven. Chapter seven, The Reckoning. The Mandalorian gets a message from Grief Karga that after the child was abducted, the Empire has taken over Navarro. He suggests that together they can get the Empire off the planet, and if they do so, then Grief will clear the Mandalorian's name. Before heading home, Mandalorian recruits Cara Dune and Quill the Ugnaught, who has managed to repair the IG-11 droid from the premiere. He is now a servile nanny bot, and the group heads back to Navarro. They meet up with Grief Karga and spend the night in the waste before heading into town. They are attacked by some winged creatures who kill a blurg and some men and injure Grief. The child uses force healing on Grief's injuries. They resume their trek into town in the morning when Grief suddenly shoots his associates. He reveals that he was going to double-cross the Mandalorian, but changed his mind after the child healed him. They decide that bringing the child to the Imperial Agent is dangerous, so they send Quill on the last blurg with the child back to the ship. Mandalorian, Kara, and Grief, with an empty cradle, head to the cantina to meet with the Imperial Agent. During the tense meeting, Imperial Agents from outside the cantina open fire on it, killing the Imperial Agent and his troops. Off Gideon arrives to lead the forces that have surrounded the cantina, where we see that the scout troopers have killed Quill and his blurg en route to the ship as they grab the child. So, all right, we have an urgent plea from Grief Karga for Mando to come back and kind of end it all. Like, end the, you know, kill the, 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 the guy who wants Baby Yoda and make everything right with the guild by helping them out. In what planet would you trust him? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know if there's a way that you can trust what, you know, what Grief Karga is, is trying to do. I don't think he trusts him. I think he just sees that could be his only choice to be free of being chased and anybody else coming. He's really tired from all the, the hunters chasing him. And he just went like, okay. This is a good option. Let's try it. But luckily, he's not a stupid Mandalorian and decided to get back up. Yep. Went and grabbed Cara Dune, who uh, is a character I love. Uh, I, I really I really do hope that Cara Dune gets uh, her own spinoff series, which has been in the talk in, in talks. Um, because I'd like to like to hear what happens. But yeah, he goes and gets back up and then they get a babysitter. So, you know. We get uh, Quill, 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 Quill. Uh, Quill. Nick Nolte. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get him to come essentially be the babysitter for Baby Yoda while they go in, and and do shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, right before we even get to Quill, when we actually see Cara Doom, did you see what she was? Who she was? She was fighting. What was that? A Zabrak, basically what Darth Maul is. Oh yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! And they were tied together. What looked like the little beams that connect the pod races together. 
It does. It, I did notice that, and then she used it to like strangle him and stuff like that, and then he tapped out. Mm-hmm. Also, um, another like I maybe just forgot this from the other episode. Like she can't really leave anywhere because she has like a bounty guess with with the New Republic too. Because I'm guessing she was still doing shit that they saw like they thought was not okay. So she's not cool in anybody's books right now, even though she's no. a cool character. Yeah, but I think that gets resolved. I'll t- I'll talk about that, but. So we go down there. He convinces her to come with because uh, it's like it's not a normal job. We're going against the Empire, and she's immediately like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm coming now." Like she was yeah. hesitant, and then he's like, "You know, you know let's get the kill the Empire. I'm in." Uh, so they do that. They get all of that, and they make their way there, and they meet Karga out in out in the wild with uh, a couple of other people from the guild. And and they start making their way to town, and this was an ultimate jump moment for me because they're they're around, they're going over the plan at night around a campfire. They killed something, we're eating it, relaxing, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just start getting attacked by freaking birds. Mm-hmm. Birds, actually, I think they're dragons. It looks like like they look like wyverns, but that pit, that like really like bugs me right about this series. Like, or at least like these people are down. Like, all right. You all have spaceships, technologically advanced. Why are you walking? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you, like, get a cab, get, like, a speeder, anything? Also, don't you live on the planet? Don't you know there's things flying around at night? Right? Yeah. Like, this is something you need to plan for. And, it, I mean, it, 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 it screwed up Grief Karga. It killed all the, um, what of it, what are they called? His hunter, his guild hunters. No, like the the things right. that they were riding on. Oh yeah, blurbs. Uh, the blurb. They killed all but one of them, so Nick Nolte can ride by himself. Can't make the old man walk too much. Um, and seriously screws up Grief Karga, and kills one of the guild members. But this is a defining moment where everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" Because he's Grief Karga is about to die from the poison and baby Yoda comes over and heals him. Now this is relevant for a couple reasons up until the, the last Skywalker the Jedi powers hadn't been used to heal wounds. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing anybody use Jedi powers to, to legit heal someone. Now we saw, we saw Ray, you and Kylo use it on each other. Yeah, I think it's actually not a normal power in the forest because, like, I know, like, some of the old extended stuff they use some healing, but it was only specific characters could do the healing, not everybody. Yeah, but Baby Yoda comes up and just uses that force to heal Grief Karga, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. She's like, "It's going to eat me." I'm like, <laughs> "Are you really think that little thing's going to eat you?" <laughs> Who knows? I actually might. Maybe. Maybe he can. <laughs> you never know. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of Jedi powers being able to heal because to me that's I think that can be a a cop out in storylines. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can they see that. they had like this horrible. Th- it's it's the, it's it's the reason I f- freaking hate Superman, and Superman is the worst superhero of all time. Because it, it, they they have a cop out mechanic with Superman, it's like oh we have kryptonite you're gonna lose like we have this small stone otherwise nothing can damage you we have this small stone 
and now you're useless. You know what I mean? It it's just it's a cop out mentality. So now it's like whenever we have Star Wars movies or shows and we see massive like damage done to someone, the Jedi can just be like, "Oh, let me use my Jedi powers to heal you." Yeah, that's why I think it's like back. that's also why I think it's a specific just baby Yoda. Because you don't actually see anybody else do it, so it might just be a specific thing he can do. With you the see Ray use it, and we don't know how s- strong hit the force is with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. He could, you know, have just a be able to use a large amount of it. That's probably why he's so special. Yeah, that, that I will say that with the, we've only been had two other of Baby Yoda, whatever race they are shown in star wars universe and both were on the the council i mean you have the you have yoda and who was the other one that they showed in the prequels um that was on the council the jedi council Just yoda. Uh, no there were two uh, oh there there the, it, it was a very creepy um i don't think they ever talk or do anything it's Oh God, it's gonna bother me. Yaddle, Yaddle, Yaddle was uh, uh, sat on the Jedi Council. Yeah, I forgot about that one. And it's creepy because Yaddle has hair, like brown hair. Oh, it's very, yeah. it's very weird. Like I'm gonna, I know this is not proper, um, proper etiquette for uh, a podcast, but in chat, I'm gonna post a picture of him. And like he is just it, it's just disturbing. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god. yeah. It's like a freaking gremlin. It, it's a gremlin with brown hair. It, Maybe that's why I forgot dis- about them. It's disturbing. Um so this is but so if you only have two of this race to go off of, both are in like well, you have Yoda, who's the most powerful Jedi ever, and another one who is one of the most powerful because they're on the, the Jedi mm-hmm. council. So, you know, the, it's it, obviously it's the baby Yoda is strong with the force. Yeah. And before we continue on, are you, have we, maybe I forgot this. Have we brought up the other member of this group we brought along? Oh, IG 11. Oh, I, we have not hit IG 11 or the nanny. Yeah. The nurse droid yeah. nurse droid voiced by the great Taiki Watiti. Um, I, I mean, I get why he doesn't trust him. <laughs> like, I get why he doesn't trust IG, any IG, because every IG we've ever seen in the Star Wars universe has been built to kill. Yeah, but this one's hilarious when he comes in. He's like, he's like, oh shit, I thought I killed you. And he's like, T. Yeah, I did like how they went through the backstory of how he brought him back. Yeah. Instead of just bringing him in and be like, "Oh, I reprogrammed him. He's good now." Like that's that's lame. I I liked how they they did like the 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 eighties montage. So they showed him how to learn how to do everything all over mm-hmm. again. Really, like, that's good. I liked it. Yeah, they didn't have to re- they didn't have to program because I'm I'm used to. I thought droids like usually they come off they're already ready to go and know what they're doing, but apparently this one he didn't have the full stuff, so he had to use I guess machine learn deep learning. To figure out how to move its body and not just fall over. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was super cool. So, all right. They get into the city and they think they have this great plan. 
Well, I guess well no, city. before that, before uh-huh. that. Yep, got you forgetting. Yeah, before that, they, they, they're on the road and Grief Cargan uh, double crosses his double cross? Yeah, he was planning to double cross them, but because Baby Yoda saved him, he's like, oh no, here, let me just save you. It's like, let me kill my guys. I'm pretty sure he could have just paid them, like, hey guys, change of plans. I'll pay you more, and we'll save these guys. They saved my life. Let's not actually do this. Or maybe he's like, they thought the Empire paid them better and just got rid of them. I'm not sure. Maybe he just needed to make a point with Mandalorian. So he can trust him. Like, I just ah, killed these fair. two for you. Yeah, it's... I, so he killed them, and then he wants to protect the baby now. Probably because he just didn't know what this baby was capable of. And once he saw what the what the child was was capable of, he's like, no, we need we need to protect this. Or more so, he's probably looking at it as we need to I need to find a way to make this child like benefit me. That's probably more likely more like he's like, "Mm." and also he's probably seeing like, I think this is worth more to me keeping alive than giving it to the Imperials and then screwing me over and probably killing me because. Mm hmm. When we finally get to town, it's like a lot more Imperials now, and uh, they're definitely trying to reinstate their power. Oh, for sure. So, but it was super cool uh, to see that. And he's going to be um, Carl Weathers is the guy who plays it. Is going to be be around for a while. I mean, he's 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 going to be in season two. But they get to the city and they try and set a trap to kill. Um, uh, kill the boss, essentially, and cut off the the source of funding. But what they don't know, like they go there, they trick them. But what they don't know is that the boss or whoever that they go to see himself has a boss. Yeah, he's just the middle manager. Exactly, which is not something I saw coming. I did not see that coming. Not at all. Um, and so they go there, and then he gets a call from Moth Gideon. Yeah, and when someone's name it has the name Moth, they're not someone to take lightly. Mm-hmm. Like there might be one that was bad, but you had Moth Tarkin with the Death Star, freaking like they are people who usually are given that title because they can get shit done. Mm-hmm. I want to know how he knew all the information he knew. They don't oh, go that, over that. They do. They actually, that is, they actually, it explains in the next episode, actually, why he does. How, well, no, no, no. How he knows, like, their their names and stuff like that. But, like, how do, well, actually, no, it does not explain how he knows Cara Dune. It does. No, I, yeah. I, I, I must not, or how they know that Baby Yoda isn't there. It's because, like, uh, we're skipping ahead a little bit. It's where he used to work. We'll find this out in the next episode. But Gideon is, is, is a member, is a former member of the ISB, the Imperial Security Bureau, the Imperial Secret Police. His entire job is information. Everything he involves in is going through and finding out information on people, finding out where they are, how they work, and all of that. No, and I get, I get that, because they did explain that, but how did he know that like, Cara Dune was in that, that place with her? With him. That's the scarier part about Moff Gideon. Yeah. It's just like, like, how did he know that, like, 
he called and said, are you sure? When they said about Baby Yoda, like, how did he know Baby Yoda wasn't in there? Because nobody else knew except for those three. Well, four. And, and that's the crazy thing to me is, like, I get it. And, and that it leads to the mystery of Moff Gideon, played by the brilliant Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who is in probably two of the biggest TV shows of the year right now as the main protagonist in, in Mandalorian and the boys. He was great in Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's been in everything. Like, he's just been in everything. Mm-hmm. I do like, also like that he's, he's, when he came in, he came in on a special Atlan TIE Fighter, which mm-hmm. is a TIE Fighter designed to be very similar to an X-Wing. That's why he can fold its wings. It's not a normal X-Wing. It's designed to look like, like a basis of the foils, but it can fold up and be a little easier to get in and out of, as well as be more maneuverable and just equal footing with the X-Wings. It was a late model they designed before the Empire kind of fell. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he shows no mercy uh, because he legit just kills his whole team. <laughs> like, he has no problem killing his own squad. Like, because he... He kills the the everyone in the all his own people in the cantina, mm-hmm. and then after that, before we even end the episode, the scout troopers in like five seconds showed you why walking is a terrible idea. Right, freaking speed racers. What are what What are your thoughts, Death Squad, on this? Like, what did you think of this episode? I, you know, I liked it. I was. Like you said, I was surprised with Moff Gideon. I didn't think the client was going to have a higher up that he answered to. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that he even gave them an option to to Nightfall. I thought he was just going to load up the E-Web and just spray them all down since he knew Baby Yoda wasn't with them, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird to give them till Nightfall, um, knowing that they're trying to escape. That was an odd choice, but he did need them because at that moment he did not have Baby Yoda in his possession. Yeah, I think he was making sure everything was ready, but that that stuff happens on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's just get to the next episode because the next episode, like, is is really where it's at. Like this 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 episode goes to a cliffhanger where you know we'll we'll say this Quill gets killed. And the the stormtroopers get Baby Yoda, and then that's like the end of the episode. R.I.P. R.I.P. Okay, he has spoken. Yep, he has spoken. Time. Never again. So let's go into uh, episode eight, chapter eight, redemption. As the two scout troopers bicker while claiming the child, the IG Eleven droid appears and massacres them in a rescue mission. It takes their speeder and heads off with the child. At the cantina, the group tries to figure out how to flee. We learn that Kara is from Alderaan and that the Mandalorian was a kid named Din Djarin who was rescued by Mandalorians when battle droids assaulted his home. IG-11 rides into town shooting the troopers, which opens a diversion. The Mandalorian is severely injured in the fight as they all retreat back into the cantina. IG-11 is able to open a grate into the sewer and grief the child and Kara flee to find the Mandalorian's tribe for aid. IG-11 tends to the Mandalorian's injuries, removing his mask, and he's able to heal up and flee. The group reunites and locates the hidden Mandalorian encampment. 
pile of helmets is all that greets them as the Empire rains swift destruction down after the Mandalorian escaped with the child earlier. The armorer emerges and crafts some new armor, including a jetpack for the Mandalorian. She explains to the Mandalorian that he must find the Jedi to return the child to its people. She then shows the group the way out and remains, where she fights off some stormtroopers who came after them. The group comes upon a lava flow with a barge. They get in and ride down the river, only to see that there is an Imperial ambush waiting. IG-11 sacrifices himself by going ahead of the barge and self-destructing. Moff Gideon finally shows himself with a TIE fighter, and the Mandalorian faces off against him with his new jetpack. He manages to crash Gideon's TIE fighter, and Grief and Kara agree to stay on Navarro to ensure that the city is free as the Mandalorian heads off with the child to find his people. Meanwhile, Moff Gideon emerges from the TIE fighter wreckage with the Darksaber in hand. Okay, so... We kind of start off where we end. Well, we start off where we ended with uh, episode um, episode seven, and the stormtroopers uh, have Baby Yoda, and this was one of the more comedic scenes in all of the Mandalorian, uh, mainly because it's played by comedians. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Jason Sudeikis, and I forget the other guy's name. Uh, and, like, they punch Baby Yoda. Like, um, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, and they're basically just told to, like, sit there and wait. And this is another time when they start mocking stormtroopers not being able to hit crap because they're, like, trying to shoot something, like, 10 yards away, and neither one of them come close to shooting it. They're shaking their weapon. Yeah. It sounds like a spray paint can. Yeah. <laughs> Something's wrong in there. Like, oh, I, I must be out of bullets. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not right. There are no bullets. Like, yeah. I, I laughed real hard when they were just like, they're talking, they're talking to their little, like, a little, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Over the comms of people at back of the base. Mm. Like, ah, uh, first guy's like, oh, Moff killed, killed a squad. Yep. Got it. The other guy's like, wait a minute, he did what? Oh yeah, they do, they do that. That's it's normal. He's like, <laughs> like wait a uh, minute, this is normal. He just uh, assert uh, dominance. Uh, he just killed uh, the person who uh, just gave him a message. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> oh, so. I got the name for the other second trooper. It's Adam Polly. Adam Folly. Okay, that's why I always forget it. So you had that, and then IG Eleven as you know the nanny. Comes up the, and it, <laughs> that goes great, and and just just destroys the two of them. Takes Baby Yoda, but instead of taking him back to the ship, he's like, "No, this is a future threat. I need to take care of this." So he straps Baby Yoda on, and is I'm just gonna speed race through and kill all the stormtroopers, everybody, because they can't hit shit. So you know, mm-hmm. He's just spinning around. Yeah, that like that yeah, was really cool. Every single cool. one of them. That was nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. So he he goes in and 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 like the whole time, you know, the Mandalorian and Kara and stuff like that. They have this giant like basically machine gun pointed at them that took like four people to set up, pointed at them. But then IG Eleven comes in and. He he kind of like draws all their attention so they can actually get out. They get out. Mandalorian legit just picks it picks it up by himself. Hold on for a second before we get to that. 
one part I thought was nice before we even before they even save them is they're trying to escape. They don't know how to get out yet. They try to go through the the uh, the vent to the sewers, very similar to the one you saw in the first Star Wars: New Hope, mm-hmm. when that Leia just freaking just used a blaster to go through it. They shoot it and nothing happens. Someone apparently realized this being weak to blaster is a bad idea. Let's use better material. Yeah. And and let's be real. One thing, like I can, before the the whole IG Eleven comes in, we learn the Mandalorian's name. Yes, we do. What's his name? Din. Hmm? Yeah, Din Jarin. Yeah. Um, and we find out his name, and then you get that cool flashback scene to when his planet is being killed by the droids. Uh, but the Mandalorians save him and take him off. And you, that's where you get the backstory of him not actually being a Mandalorian, like from Mandalore. Like he was taken in by by them. He's because Mandalore Mandalorian is a creed, not a race. Not a yes. So um so yeah, that was a cool little backstory, but we found his name. We 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 hear his name for the first time, which is which is always nice. So you get all that. But then you which which also leads to um him having to take care of baby Yoda, but I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically go out there and they start mowing everyone down and then they have to retreat back into the, ta- the, um, the, the bar with IG 11 and baby Yoda. And mm-hmm. this is where it was confusing where Moff sends in the flame trooper, knowing the baby's in there to like set it on fire. Like, now you know the baby Yoda's in there. Why are you going in there and possibly killing it? Yeah. Maybe he just needed his DNA. That would be true. Maybe he didn't need him alive. Maybe he just needed DNA. Maybe he was going to clone him, do something. Yeah. yeah, that could be true. He also seemed like he was getting tired of the bullshit. He's like, okay, now they got him. I can't re- I know where it's at. I can't risk um, it getting away now. So let's burn them out, get him out of that building, take him away, get him to stop hiding. Mm-hmm. They only so, need them alive to know where baby's body was, and now they have it. They don't need to keep anybody alive. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, the big thing there is Baby Yoda uses a force to repel the fire and blow up the the flame trooper, whose armor is not flame resistant. No. Actually, speaking of flame, there's a lot of things in this that are flammable. Like that's one thing I forgot to put up in the in the prison episode. Droids were also susceptible to fire, but uh, all right, I don't know. It just it, it builds the story along. So IG-11 is able to get into the sewer, but Mando is hella injured. And the only way for him to be healed is to take off his helmet, which he won't do. But IG-11 is like, because, you know, it does his, well, I'm not a human. He's not, so not a human. He's not, he's, he's not alive. He's not a living yeah. creature. Yeah. No living being has seen my face. Since I took the creed and he's like, I'm not a living being. And he takes him off and then he sprays on. What is the name of it? Back, back to, to back to spray, back to spray, which is magic that will heal him over time. Yes. That's basically because like, remember back to been used many times in star Wars. That's yes. what they originally put Luke in when he lost his hand was they put him in a back to tank. Mm-hmm. It's some magical thing that can heal your cells. Makes things work better. Um, this stuff, this scene really made me upset because they actually show his face in season one. I'm like, all right, now there's no mystery or anything else of like, people don't see him. Like we've all seen him. 
you could have done a cool panaway shot, done something fancy. Like we all know the actor, but still be cool just to like still hide his face. Yeah. But whatever, I'll let that die. But but so they go down below into the sewers and they because he thinks that's where the Mandalores Mandalorian are still at. And they get to that spot to find out a giant pile of Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. So they're all dead. Or a good majority well, of are them. Are they dead? I didn't they reveal themselves? Did they? So I, maybe that's what that's what she said. I could have swore that she did. She so she did say that, but then, oh wait, no, I'm getting uh, it confused. Okay, at first it's meant to be that they're all dead because then he flips out on on right. grief uh, that he killed them all, uh, but they revealed themselves and and were able to escape. Oh, is that what it was? It's, I thought I thought I took it yeah. as they revealed where the compound was when the Imperials. I don't really take no, it as everybody I, dying. That actually is a little different. Okay. I like when that. they first show it, like your first thought is, okay, they're all dead and this is their leftover armor. But then, and then he flips out on grief saying, D- is, did you do this? Did you, and all that stuff. But then the, the leader essentially came out and said that they revealed themselves and some of them were able to escape and, and stuff like that. They basically had to give up on it uh, for the sake of everyone's safety. Okay, that's that's makes sense. And the real cool thing is she's like she's not leaving until she reclaims all the ba- all the uh, best car from that armor and resmelts it for new armor. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then and then you get the signet. He gets his signet, and, and well, Mando gets the orders from her that uh, he has to train Baby Yoda and either get him back to his people or train him until he's of age. Yeah, which would be cool if we had a, had a Yoda race Mandalorian. But the thing is, is Yoda's a baby and he's 50. So mm-hmm. Mando will be long gone dead yes. before before baby Yoda hits like eight. It's his puberty. <laughs> yeah, like before he hits puberty. Yeah, I, I just it'll be funny to have any of just a Mandalorian Yoda. That'd be just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like wear that armor, be that's that's really short. And blasting away with the jetpack. It's just I just got a funny image in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh but we got the we got the signet. Oh, uh, you know, the the clan of two, which you know, obviously. Kind of what we have our clan of three. Eh? Eh? Eh, eh. And our and our podcast art is as after the signet, because it's got the the little rhino. The mudhorn. The mudhorn. So you know, it was a pretty cool moment, and then you know, she's like, "I'm gonna stay here, load up on ammo, get the hell out, all that fun stuff." Don't forget what she also left him. Besides, like whistling, whistling birds, and all that stuff, he also got a jetpack, or as they call it, the Rising Phoenix. I'm like, it's, it's a jetpack. Jetpack. <laughs> jetpack. Plain and simple. You can call it whatever you want. It's, it's a jetpack, jet and it's an awesome jetpack. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we also see her kick ass. Oh, yeah, dude, she goes Dear to town. She destroys those stormtroopers. Yes, that was pretty awesome. Although I feel she she messed up her um her smelting area by throwing a human body into it. Yeah. Well, if it's more, if it's hard enough to if it's strong enough to melt Beskar, which deflects blasters, that body probably did not last very long. It was probably just instantly like disintegrated. But now he's more like, well, I guess my victims now. She makes new Beskar. It's like. Hey, my last kill is now in the armor. 
Cool. Mm. They're now inside uh, inside. <laughs> uh so what so now they have an escape plan. They're going down to the the lava river and they're going to slowly float out of that on a lava gondola with an R2 unit with arms and legs. Yeah, that was weird. That was unsettling. Yeah, that was weird. Like I could have gone without the R2 units with yeah. arms. I also like how dumb both uh mando and green is like they try to push the boat that's stuck in like hardened magma it's literally already hard i forget what you call it it's hardened but it's like i can't get the boat car's like seriously guys break the ground first it's connected to then we can use it jesus do i have to show you it's done all right i'll shoot the ground so, well to be fair, Mando's is getting over a head injury. Okay, to be fair, Mando, <laughs> yes. The other guy, what injury does he have? I have no excuses for him. He's look, leave him to his own yeah, devices. Sure, he got hurt the day the day before, but it's had some time. It also didn't get hit in the head. Maybe poison affected his brain. I don't freaking know. Hmm. Uh. So we're going down this lava river. Yeah, with with fire ferrets. Yes, with which was disturbing. I was like, "Are those little like flame monkeys?" Like, no, they're, they're ferrets. They're ferrets that had just red flaming eyes. Yeah, hard pass on that. Yeah. Stuff of nightmares. So they're floating, and then they see the infrared, and see the entrance is going to be stormtroopers there to kill them. So Nanny uses logic. Did Did anybody else have a problem with that helmet? Real quick. His helmet oh. now has, has has infrared now. Do you remember previous episode? I think it was like the first or second episode. He had to use his disintegration gun to scan things. But now his helmet can do it? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah, that is annoying. But, well, was that before he got his new armor? That was, I'm not sure. I'm wondering, like, I don't know if his new armor had it, but I think he, his, uh, even after that, he was still using it. I'll have to go back and re-double check that. But it was weird. I'm like, did your helmet get added that? Why did your previous helmet not have like it, I know it wasn't Beskar, but Beskar's the armor. It's not electronics, unless it makes it easier you put electronics in it. I'm not sure. Who knows? Or they just wrote it in because it makes sense at that moment. So but that could yeah, be so the, the nanny IG eleven uh uses logic to say he's gonna go out and blow them all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do find it weird that he could survive in the lava. Oh, he could. Like he could walk in the lava, not for long. And not for long, but like no, he was. <laughs> I would think that his legs would be gone the second he goes into lava. Yeah, unless he was made of whatever the R two unit was using to push them yeah. along. It also, it also could be like um, he's he's, he's an assassin droid, so they needed a harder armor. But it's only designed for like blaster stuff, so this lava might be slightly warmer than blasters, but not warm enough to it instantly disintegrates him. So it's like it was just a slower process. Like it's like it has a higher melting point, but it's not as high as the boat. But it's lower than regular stuff that falls into it. Mm. Yeah. So all right, uh, let's let's keep going because we still got a lot to talk about today. Uh, yes, they get is. out. Uh, IG Eleven goes blows them up. They get out there. Their their uh, moth comes in with his ship. Mando does the most ridiculous thing, and jetpacks up and 
lamps onto his ship and attaches bombs. I had an idea that just came to me thinking about it because like it was kind of weird that Moff Gideon, as soon as they come out, he already has his TIE fighter in the air ready to shoot. I'm wondering if he's partially also force sensitive and has a little bit of like not much, but a little bit of precognition, just like can see like something's could happening. Be. It could that be. might be why he's able to be able to plan a bit better. He's like, shit. Gotta get this fixed real quick. Yeah. But he can't. No, that uh, it makes right. sense. It would make sense because that's uh, that way he would know where they were coming out from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he could use the where did, um, force to sense where they're at. But where did Mando get those charges? When he refilled, because... when he refilled his armor, uh, refilled, uh, oh, you saw okay. him grab those little discs. Yeah. The former's like, here, reload, get everything ready. Here's mm-hmm. some more whistling I not, birds. I don't remember that. Yeah. So he does that, it crashes, and and then we get into the happy-go-lucky like ending where you know uh, Cara Dune is going to stay back with grief and become part of the guild, and she's probably going to have like she's going to be able to travel now because he'll do something to clear her. She gets to do her favorite job, like murder Imperials. Mm-hmm. And and you know and and Mando and Baby Yoda set off in the ship to. To 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 find you know to find Baby Yoda's home planet, but then and this is something that I just lost my shit over. Right is right. they show Moff survive, and then he cuts himself out of his ship with the dark saber. And what is the dark saber, Ed? Okay, so the dark saber. It's it's most popular from the Rebel series, but the Dark Saber is actually a black bladed lightsaber uh, created by the first Mandalorian that was uh, let into the Jedi Order. All right, uh, or the that, Sorcerers, yeah, by Tara Visla, and it, it's basically the the weapon that whoever's in charge of the Mandalores is that's their weapon. Like, if you're the leader of the Mandalorian, that's your weapon. And, and that's how, you know, um, the, it stayed in the Visla clan for forever until we get to uh, the Clone Wars. And then you start seeing Darth Vader, not Darth Vader, uh, Darth Maul, Darth Maul take over and he gets the Darksaber and. Uh, I believe at some point he even defeats Darth Sidious with it, but he's basically got it. And then we see it pop up in Rebels again, where Sabine Wren from the show gets the dark saber from the Night Sister Lair on Dathomir, which is the Night Sister Lair that also kind of created Darth Maul. Yes. All right. So she gets it. She gets trained in it, and then. She gives it up to Bo-Katan as the the leader who she deemed the right person to be the leader of the Mandalorians. Now, with that said, Bo-Katan is already confirmed to be in this in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. being played by uh, what's her name, Katie Sackoff, is playing Bo-Katan. And there's, there's, uh, I mean, well, when we start talking about the the trailer, I'll get into it more. But like, 
the the darts dark saber uh, is dark saber is a lightsaber that non Jedi wield, but it is for the leader of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're wondering, like, how did Gideon get it? Like, I know he apparently like was there on the siege of Mandalore. Was where he got the files to find out where mm-hmm. where uh, Mandalore Mando's name was and everything else that. But why does he have it? Why did they drop the saber? What happened? But it was so t- like, if she died, okay, killed her, take the saber. But what happened where they lost the dark saber? Yep. How do you lose that? Yeah. And this is going to go, uh, I, and I'm going to blur the lines here between this, the dark saber talk and, and season two trailer. And yeah, you know, let's we'll move into that. What's what we're going to talk about is in the trailer, you see, well, it's Sasha Banks from the WWE. You see her in the corner and that is heavily rumored to be Sabine. Wen. Yeah, that's what the assumption is. Now, at the end of Rebels, Sabine goes off with Ahsoka Tano to go find Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. And I think, and we already know that Ahsoka Tano is going to be in this series. Yes. That is confirmed as well. And I think that's going to be the tie to get Ahsoka in there. That makes sense. And, and, and then you have all of that. Like, I think that all of that is going to be tied together. Uh, same with Bo-Katan, um, lo- like losing the Darksaber will kind of be in there. And we're going to figure out how Moff gets the Darksaber from, from Bo-Katan. And I think that's all going to tie together. Uh, I think it kind of has to be. And I'm very, very excited for the, yeah. the possibility of that. Yeah. And before we get started, like, what, is, uh, what did each of you think of that trailer for season two? It was, it. I mean, it. Uh, it's the typical Star Wars. It's it's going to get you pumped up, but not going to give you any information. Exactly. That's what I think too. Yeah. Like for me, like it doesn't give you information, but it looks extremely action packed. Like a little bit. Like it might it might have some less uh, slow scenes mm-hmm. than this season. Like probably still have some slower parts, but like it looks like it might be more action packed. Or that's just all the action parts of the scene, and we've just lost it all. Yeah. The uh, production quality looks better, too. Mm-hmm. They yeah. probably threw a lot more money into it because yeah. the first season was so good. And, and there's a lot of little, little tidbits in there. Like um, the, 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 when they first at the beginning of the trailer, when they're walking through and you see in, into the city, to me, that looks like Lothal. Yes, it does. And I, I, like Lothal is where Ezra Bridger's from. It's, you know, kind of like the headquarters and what the whole series of Rebels is based on, mm-hmm. based around is, is Lothal. Yeah. So that might be the beginning of it. It does also show that uh, the, um, the ice planet, I, I read yeah. something about this, could be Illum. Yeah, Illum, which is the planet where originally the star- there was a temple. There was a temple. It had kyber crystals, mm-hmm. and it also becomes Star Killer Base. Correct, because the First Order is still in its infancy at this time period. Mm-hmm. Which I think be sweet if they show us like the start of the First Order. Like, because always it was weird when we got to the new trilogy. I'm like, we're the First Order. I'm like, who the hell are you guys? Where did you come from? Like, I, wh- what's the start of this? Yeah, and then I think that was. Uh... Where they uh, when they showed the Tuscan Raider on the Bamba, that's, that's Tatooine. That could be that's Tatooine. It's not. It could be. It has to be because 
Tusken Raiders are native, and Banthas are native to Tatooine. Okay. That is where they're from. So it's literally, no question, that is Tatooine. Could that be where we get Boba Fett? Yeah, possibly, because that's where the last we saw him was Tatooine. And we could and see literally, him. that's where we last saw him again, too, in season two, where we thought that was Boba Fett. That was also Tatooine. So, yeah, very likely. Yeah, that could be it. But didn't somebody take Boba Fett's armor? No, he went to the Sourlisk pit. So I don't okay. think anybody could have gotten his armor. Yeah, like the only way to get it out, you had to go in the Sarlacc pit or he got out of the Sarlacc pit. So, you know, we still don't know how he would survive, but I kind of mm-hmm. want to find out how that happened. And then one thing that also was cool this trailer is like you saw X-Wings with the Razor Crest. There was no fight. There was no bullets fired. So I can't tell if they were like working together or they're just downright chasing him. He's trying to get away from him. Yeah, I, and... But, like, right before that, they were flanked on both sides of him, and then they were getting ready to attack. But no, it doesn't look like it. They could have been just flying in formation. Now they're getting ready to fight again. Well, you saw the, the X part of it open up to an X instead of flat. Yeah. So they were getting into the attack position when they were flying they c- side by side. Yeah, but it doesn't show them actually fighting like him, because they could be just going, like, going ready to attack together. Yeah. That's what I was kind of curious, like, because... If the bulls were flying and almost hitting him, I'd be understood. I'd be one thing, but they showed him literally like flying together. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be fighting the New Republic just because it's so much anti uh, Empire uh, mm-hmm. in this that like they'll they'll kind of help him out uh, in, in some regards. Yeah, and another cool thing is it looks like we're going to a some to a water planet, either Camino or possibly the planet of the Mon Calamari or the Corins, who are. One of the aquatic races, and I'm going with the Mon Calamarin, um, or Admiral Akbar. Just, yeah. just, um, I'm think. Okay, now I know what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about. That's what I was gonna say. Like some people might not know who the hell that is. Admiral Akbar is. Uh, yeah, that's so, why. I'm like, yeah, and you see them in the background here, and it could just be a port. Now I know they, uh, uh, they are underwater civilization, but they probably have ports there, like this, to deal with outside people. Yeah. And you also like it makes sense because in like the, the first episode, they pay Mando in Mon Calamari Flum. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 definitely interesting. But then we also then then we go to the Grimorian guards fighting. Yeah, that was awesome. That was pretty cool. Uh <laughs> and and, then, and he tries I don't know why he's like that's the thing, it's I have no idea why he's there talking to that guy. Uh, he yeah. could be looking for a job. He could be. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. But also, did you did you guys hear the music? What they were playing? No. Yeah. Well, they, during the trailer, really they notice. played. It was uh, what is it called? Sungat Asana, which is the the music that plays the beginning of Fallout Empire, the the EA Star Wars game. It's an in-game band. They're playing that music. Hmm. Yeah, they started the first beat. I'm like, wait, I know that. Because it's a very distinctive sound. It comes from the band The Who, a Mongolian rock band. And they, they have a very distinct sound. I'm like, that's cool. Why are you guys putting that in there? Besides, it's a cool song. It's a Star Wars song. Like, I don't know if possibly some characters from Fallen Order might come in because this would be around the same time. They would still be here. It I could think be. Cool. Or they could be just throwing it in because it's a cool song. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Like, so I'll start with each one of you. Start with Death Squad first. I'll throw you under the bus. If uh, you 
were to pick one surprise to happen in season two, what would it be? I would be surprised to see Boba Fett actually in his armor. Because I have a feeling that we're going to see him, but he won't be in the armor. Ooh, that'd be cool, because we don't know what he looks like, so he could... Because he technically doesn't work exactly the Mandalorian code, because that was one thing, like, Jango Fett, her, his dad, didn't always keep the armor on. He's a Mandalorian, but he didn't really follow the the creed. He was an older Mandalorian, not like the newer ones who follow the creed. So there is a possibility he could walk around with his helmet to be discreet, and then when he actually shows up to do shit, he puts his helmet on. Hmm. That would be interesting. That would be actually really cool. What about you, Kura? One thing that'd be a surprise is like we we were assuming that the water plant is going to be Mon Calamari, but one thing that was surprising it could be that one I can't remember the name right now, but the water planet from Kotor, the first one with like you meant that water race. I'd be kind of cool if they actually brought more Knights of the Old Republic stuff into here as well, mm. and make it more canon and not part of the Legend series. Like, please bring it back to the canon. I love that series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my big surprise would be we get Ezra Bridger. Ah, uh, yeah, that is really true. We could get Ezra Bridger. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. But then they, it, that would actually make more sense if they're bringing a lot of the, the well, other people from Rebels. So. Uh, well, at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wynn go off together to go try and find Ezra. Mm-hmm. And Ezra is, spoiler for the end of Rebels, Ezra is is a trained Jedi. Plain and simple, he is a trained Jedi. And as of right now, the last trained Jedi? Um no, Well, there's no. Luke. Sorry, there's Luke. Still. Well, it depends it depends if uh possibly there's Luke and possibly Blakey has name cuz this is only 5 years after the return of the Jedi. So I don't know if there's anyone else out there, but like that would be my big thing is get Ezra Bridger in there, which which honestly I thought they should have brought Ezra Bridger in to the the final trilogy. Um, I would have loved to have Ezra Bridger been Ray's parent, dad in the series, uh, which would have been cool. But yeah, I would have gone. I would have gone with uh, with them. Cal Kestis, is that who, that's who I was thinking of? The Jedi from Fallen Order, because he's technically finishes oh. his training in Fallen Order, and he survives into that, so he could have possibly lived until the end of this. It's no telling, though, yet. So Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that. I mean, yeah. That's one of the few other things that are, that are technically canon as right now. Yeah. Uh, they're just the thing is, is not many people know about that. And like a good portion of the people know about it, but I'd say it's a small portion of the Mandalorian viewer base has completed the game. That part might be true, but yeah, like you could bring in Ezra and um, like what I could honestly see is Ezra Bridger come in and like Mando defeats uh, Moff and gets the dark saber and Ezra comes in to teach him how to use it. Hmm. Like they try to make pay with Mando the actual next Mandalore because, well, because if you remember, Kanan tried to train Sabine in the use of the dark saber, and she was not a, a Jedi. She did not use the Force, 
So it's it, there's force is not needed to use the dark saber. Um, not at all. But you need to learn, be taught how to use a saber. And I think Ezra could come in and teach him how to use it. So, I can see that happening. So, but I'm I, excited for this stuff happening up next week. I want to see what they do. Like, right. pretty sure most of our stuff is going to be completely wrong. Yep. And they'll be throw something really far at us. Oh, for sure. Well, I hope I hope we're wrong because I want to be surprised. Yeah, yeah oh. that's the thing. It's like I I want to be like. I just want to be shocked is all hell. Like, how cool yeah. would it be if, like, they start off the next season with you just see the arm? I think I saw this in a video where you just see the uh, Boba Fett's arm, like, clawing its way out of the pit. And then it pans to five years later, and then you have Boba Fett. Oh, that would be sweet. That would be, that that would be awesome. And that's how you introduce Boba Fett into this. Like that, that, but that's how you start the season. No Mandalorian, no baby Yoda. Just you have that claw, that hand coming up out of the pit. And then it cuts to, you know, yeah, that, that would just be cool. So, yeah. Um, but I think any, you guys got any other thoughts on uh, season two? Uh, no, but I do want to mention something from season I, one that we did not mention was the music done by Ludwig uh, Goranson. Mm-hmm. He did an excellent yes. job. Oh, yes, he did. The music for this. Mm-hmm. He was, I, I hope he comes back for season two. Yeah, yeah. And, and he actually is. I'm looking at it now. He is writing the music for the second season of the show. Oh, good. And then uh, one thing I was wondering, what, is your, what was your guys feeling of there being no really intro sequence to this? As like a lot of shows have like an intro sequence or something, but this is just basically like besides we saw the basic Star Wars, which they put in front of most of their Star Wars stuff, it just basically just the show just starts. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I fine like with it. that. I don't need like a like a an intro, like you know, with a catchy theme song and stuff like that. Well, I think it's just cool because it literally a lot of intros I find ruin some of the stuff happening in the show. This one just cuts into it. Mm-hmm. So actually kind of cool about the music I'm, I'm just reading now is they to create the score for this season due to the COVID they recorded each in the orchestra players were recorded remotely and were sent in and they, they, they edited it all together. Oh, that nice. would be insane. <laughs> yeah. I can already imagine all that work. Cause I got to do work audio work on this later. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, go ahead and close this up. Uh, so I want to thank you all for listening. You can follow us. There's many places you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can go over to the Mash Those Buttons Twitter, and that's at the Mash Network. Um, you can follow the host personally. Uh, let's let's get you, Kura. Let's. What are your uh, your social media? If you guys want to hang out with me and follow what I'm doing with Star Wars video game related, it's on Twitter at Kurabaris K U R A B A R A S. And how about my friend Deskroy? Where can we find out what you're up to? Well, um, Twitter at Deskroy, the number zero. Um, I don't know. Follow me. Send me a message. I don't care. 
do what you okay. want. But that's probably the only place you'll find me. All right. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter, and that's at, at Ednar83. Um, you can join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Uh, make sure to share the show with others and rate and review us on Apple uh, Podcasts. <laughs> and then you can support your uh, support us by becoming a Patreon over at patreon.com slash mash those buttons where tiers and content available for as little $1 a month. Uh, we also have a Teespring store at teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons where you can go and get that sweet, sweet merch. Uh, please stay tuned after the show to hear about the other shows on our network. I have spoken. This is the way. I can't think of anything funny to say. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 